That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. We've made it to minute two. Some might say the most action-packed minute so far. Yeah, of the first two minutes, this is by far the yeah. most action-packed. <laughs> this is this is the minute where um where it all happens. So we're we're finally revealed what I assume is is our real crush of this movie in Mr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But to get to that, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get into the minute as a whole, which is picking up from minute one. We hope you listened. Um, if you didn't, I don't know what kind of way you have of listening to podcasts, but let's begin. Let's not bury the lead here. This is uh, this is where we get the reveal, the confirmation of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne. Yes. Uh, a secret spoiled in moving a portrait too slowly off of the street, <laughs> uh, which was an incredible payoff for uh, for Zack Snyder fans and, and Watchmen fans. Was that not an, was the casting of that not announced? No, or? I don't even think people thought that Thomas was going to be in the movie. Oh man! So if that set photo hadn't leaked then this yep. would have been a total surprise oh man it, it was also incredible because people were like it, it wasn't you know like oh wow who could this be they just saw a literal like oil painting and said that is clearly a painting of jeffrey <laughs> dean morgan <laughs> i mean it's yeah. a it's a perfect casting decision um yeah especially oh man this is gonna be hard and uh, with the um the earth 2 version of this franchise out there but oh, yeah. um but the thomas the flashpoint thomas wayne People started doing fan art of that probably before this movie even came out. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I didn't check, but I, I'm I'm positive that you know just Watchmen existing made uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan a, a fan cast. Yeah, for the part, but um, but he's not the only person we meet. We are this is the first time we are introduced to Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne, and Bruce. I guess. Maybe I'll just start by what what strikes me in this scene is I think this is the first time I've seen the Wayne family presented as happy, you know, like um, a, a family that oh, yeah. is not – they're not exceeding – you know, they're not um, in tuxedos and, you know, yeah. they look like a family out for the night. But they're not overly – like in um – and Batman Begins, yeah, they were not only in tuxedos, but it was very serious and somber. Yeah. And they didn't even see Zorro in that, right? That was an opera they were at? Yeah. And I think the um, in in the Michael Keaton one, it was kind of, we barely really you yeah. know, knew them as people. They were kind of stand-ins, just wealthy people getting shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that really struck me. And this one, we should also call out Lauren Cohen. Who also, speaking of Flashpoint, would have been a great... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I know. Well, hey, maybe someday or yeah, it's not off the table. It's just no. not not immediate um, as it might have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we are as you kind of mentioned the the other thing that that did stand out for me um, because we do get a zoom in uh, eventually on it. But yeah, I wanted to drive home. This was the first time that I've seen Thomas in a way that was uh, I don't know how to how to say it because in Batman Begins you get the impression that Thomas Wayne is a very good dad. Yeah. Um but but he's definitely a dad to Bruce and not Bruce as Batman. Mhm. And I I feel like 
even in this first shot with Thomas Wayne being a tall, broad, strong man. We'll, we'll come back to that when this scene really kicks off. But that really struck me. And then to what you mentioned in our in our last episode, I like the moment Excalibur comes in in gigantic red block letters on the marquee, it fades to black. Oh, really? Yeah. like, And it was the first time because I remember that it said Excalibur. But mm-hmm. the first time you get it is them walking out from under the posters. And as soon as that comes into resolution, it's like bright white. Everyone look at this as it now fades to black, yeah. which just reads completely different for anyone who's seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. Or is familiar with, with the story. I know that we'll be getting deep into that based on um, some of the articles that you've written <laughs> <laughs> analyzing this movie. But yeah, the, the Zorro poster is, is perfect. Everything looks great. We get a shot, I think, that, that comes after that, that is Thomas rubbing, you know, Bruce's shoulder. Like, it, it's uh, affection, happy, uh, mm-hmm. which all makes what's coming so much worse. And it, I think it finally... This is this is a big defining moment, and not only um, not not in the way that like because we kind of talked about it before, you know, trying to what are you going to do differently with the Wayne origin? Mm-hmm. This was already different for me. Yeah, um, you know, even the color scheme. What was most interesting to me was, and I mentioned this in the last episode, is just how I don't know if it's slowed down a little bit or if it's just taking its time, but it's so patient. When you would think the instinct would be just to kind of rush through, like, oh, you know Batman's backstory. We don't need to spend time on that. Like, a, you know, do a, a quick, like, almost like at the beginning of um, The Incredible Hulk, how they just kind of did that. Like, oh, yeah, you know the backstory. Here's a quick opening credits montage that's got it in there, and let's move on. Yep. And this is, it's so foreboding. Mm-hmm. Um, and in retrospect, it's not only setting up the, the sort of themes, but it's establishing that this is, what, probably minute 200 something mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna get to um why they included this scene and why they didn't just brush past it again i never noticed it until i watched this that that like lifting shot showing the street the waynes are at the extreme bottom i don't think i even noticed them because the the gunman i guess he jumped he comes out from behind one of the pillars of the elevated train yeah. and i was looking in the previous shot to see if he was there that we could see him he's not so i don't know which i like more <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think that is one of the few shots that's just straight on, right? The gu- the gunman is uh, Joe Chill is just shot um, straight forward, whereas every other camera angle is above and below, yeah. and um, c- and continuing that sort of. And you and you also in this scene, like you have the falling sparks from the train yeah. and snow, and it just everything is falling everything is down the motion every everything is it just it's all going it's all pushing downward it's heavy yeah when we'll we'll see most of that imagery i think repeated in the third act of the movie which you don't really notice until someone points it out or to me and then i thought oh wow i'm a dummy yeah um how often do you see sparks flying with 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 snow in a movie but yeah but i like the it, we we shift from yeah joe chill coming out and uh this was kind of the first time where it jumped out to me that how much i really enjoy uh how focus is played with in this sequence with with or or the way that this you know goes down basically from here on out because from that you have the the zoom into the gun barrel you know resolving out of the, the focus to be perfectly in focus it was only in watching this that i kind of had the mental step of you know oh right that's what bruce saw mm-hmm. you know like if you look at the the height of the characters even in the shot beforehand like literally all this kid remembers is the muzzle of that gun being pointed at him mm-hmm. i you know and it's the focus is used to kind of imply tunnel vision but the the moment that kind of like clinches this entire 
prologue for me is that as soon as that guy comes out with the gun, Thomas lifts his arms and, and plants them right in front of Martha and Bruce. Mm-hmm. That scene is completely played out. I, I guess I didn't realize like how, in a way, unrealistic the way that it's portrayed in other movies is. Or maybe just the way that a, a family was presented in a movie in a comic book movie of that time because everything about that moment portrays strength mm-hmm. uh, you know that like in the face of the gun thomas is physically big and he's acting like it mm-hmm. I, I mean i love that because it also kind of leads to what happens next but well it's yeah. also one of those one of the many things where you're asked to re-examine this moment because i feel like all the other interpretations have have just sort of run with the the story as written. And not that this yeah. drastically changes. The story is the same, but the perspective that we're given is different. The sort of golden age comic book version of this scene is very much just like the, oh no, we're being mugged and we're shot. <laughs> Whereas, like you said, what would really happen in that scenario, this is a little bit more, I think, true to life about Thomas Wayne is, is a protector. He feels a need to put himself between the... Like you compare it to like Batman Begins, and not to... You know, we're just to compare, not to not to yeah, knock yeah, yeah. that one because that's a, obviously a, a phenomenal movie as well. But that version of Thomas Wayne is immediately starts to like try to bribe him, basically, or he he goes to give over the money. He's like, "What do you want? It's, I'll give yeah. you everything." It's just very. It's not weakness. Yeah, it, well, it's it's like he doesn't care about the money, and so it's not like he's he's groveling, but it's yeah. very much appeasing the gunman. Whereas there's a sense of justice to this one of not only do I need to protect my family, but this guy is evil and I need to put myself between him and smaller victims. And that it's um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Zack Snyder and, and everyone would would credit Frank Miller's, you know, the Dark Knight Returns for kind of um, well, Dark sketching Knight Returns out. is the one with the pearls or, or I know the pearls have always been a thing. But Dark Knight Returns is the one that's got like the black and white. Yes. With, OK. Yeah. And so has it, the has the um, the fist, which which is yeah. kind of what. Uh, ends this shot, but you know, seeing it in panels and seeing it in in live action in color, it, it it sticks out for me because I think that is also the we kind of end on that. But before we get there, we switch back to Bruce running, and we get to that shot that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, how the camera the camera has been sort of swooping and following him, and it's been disorienting. But then there's this shot where he runs under it and the camera literally turns upside yeah. down and then twists around to follow him, and it's very much just a first of all continuing the the up down above below but just showing how you mentioned in the last episode about how much it plays into the idea of ptsd and just the trauma and confusion that this kid is feeling yeah and he's running blindly into the woods and his world is literally turned upside down upside down yeah and you know and, and, you know we're only you know two minutes in and it's once yeah. again hammering the same the same theme again we come back to what I, what I'll just refer to as the fist or the squeak uh, which is added which is to I don't actually know if I noticed it the first time that, that I watched this movie uh, if I was looking at Bruce's you know scared face or if I actually noticed because they really dial up the sound of that leather glove on yeah. Thomas's hand of him just squeezing that fist together which i believe is actually uh like you said that is the 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 last moment is kind of i think we resolve from his fist to his face Mm -hmm. in repeat viewings i love i love how it could not be more opposite of batman begins Mm -hmm. which i really liked uh but but it makes me kind of look back and wonder what was the point that nolan's version was trying to get across and 
Nolan's version was kind of uh, like the lesson that his father was trying to teach him was don't be afraid. Yeah, and he right, and he says that to him. But in in that moment, yeah, it is kind of like it serves just to kind of define criminals, mm-hmm. like the idea of a criminal. This is a, a man protecting what's his, yeah, and not really hesitating to think. You know, not only my my response when my family is threatened is to attack, which is just something that Thomas Wayne. I don't know that anybody who has seen that origin story would ascribe that to him, yeah, you know, at all. But well, and not even that is you know, you, you could say that like the Thomas Wayne in in Batman Begins is maybe smarter. Sure. about it but this one it's way more um i don't know if primal is the right word but it's very instinctual and it, it's very human yeah. um to have yeah, that response. It, it kind of like well you know we'll have enough enough to talk about it in the next minute the batman begins kind of one it feels like it serves to demonstrate the like senselessness mm-hmm. you know that the very classic comic book there was no reason why this happened to me we could have been any family yeah so i'm not on a mission against joe chill i'm on a mission against what you know the, the things that led to this uh, mm-hmm. but i like the the look because we we do get the the first glimpse of thomas it's not like i'm going to try to protect my family it's anger and i i know i can take you uh w- yeah. which is which is a way more probably important thing to note here that bruce's father we know uh you know when he was faced with a, the literal barrel of a gun to him and his family, his instinct was, I can win this fight. Sadly, we don't know how that turns out. Uh, we don't <laughs> know in this minute. Is this the minute that's got the shot of the gun barrel with the pearls? No, that is coming up. Going, uh, okay, I'm not going to yeah. comment on that. This yet, is all we've gotten is the is the gun barrel and we... It ends with the punching? Yeah, we, we end with... Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot here to talk about even like, um, you know, among people listening about the will to act. Right, what was was singled mm-hmm. out in Batman Begins as the difference between a good person and someone like Bruce. Yeah, and then Thomas Wayne here literally does. Yeah, act. and oh, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, right. It, oh, that's not the point of this story, <laughs> really. It isn't. Hey, you yeah. should have fought back. You would have won. Yeah. Well, in this version of the character, it's it's it tries very hard to separate itself from the the Nolan Batman, but there's. It embraces those movies in such a – it's part of its DNA yeah. in that way where you have him saying, yeah, the will – your father lacked the will to act and then um, and then here you have him acting. And like you said, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It ultimately, it plays it up as, oh, if he had only had the will to act, he could have yeah, stopped the crime. Yeah, he had a gun. And, will that stop you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, and, then it, and then it ends up not mattering. And then you see that in so many other ways in the way that it plays with other themes, which I guess – I don't need to get into now because we'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it really it calls back to those movies like oh hey remember this line mm-hmm. we're we're going to evolve on this classic mythos it's a part of the deconstruction. Yeah, my, my my big question for this minute was who is Thomas Wayne? But I, I feel like we've <laughs> kind of explored that. Yeah. It is funny because again, like in minute two, it already seems very clear that we should not try to find similarities between this Batman and Nolan's. Yeah, just even in the way that they're starting out so i i wish i could have told myself <laughs> to i would have saved a lot of time yeah uh, if, if i had known not to do that but um but yeah we are uh, i'm staring at uh jeffrey dean morgan's very angry lined face do you have any other thoughts nothing nothing big just the and um in the first shot when you see the train the bridge there's a gta sign <laughs> on it 
Um, and because this was shot in Chicago, um, that's actually the CTA, and it's like the actual exact. That's a Chicago Transit Authority sign, um, and they just they just literally just turned the C into a G for for <laughs> Gotham. And so I'm sure anyone that uh, has lived in Chicago and and rides the uh, the CTA at all, um, in the same way that they'll cool. recognize Aragon Ballroom there, they'll recognize CTA sign just kind of altered. <laughs> Oh, cool. I, yeah, I, I guess I, my last thought would be that I barely even recognize that this is in slow motion. Yeah. Which is – considering um, the comments made about Zack Snyder's interest in using slow motion, mm-hmm. this might be the perfect uh, you know exhibit A for it because it was only until I got here that I thought, oh, I just – I was wondering how have they made this so poignant? <laughs> yeah, well, that was a, a comment that I made either at the beginning of this one or in the, in the last episode is I can't – if I'm not actively watching it, I can't remember if it's in slow motion or yeah. not because it's just the whole thing is so plotting that it it it's heavy and slow. And I don't know if it's slow because it's that's the theme or if it's because it actually is physically. Yeah, it feels like a thick scene. Yeah, like like a dream, which I guess we're, we'll yeah. find out it was basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even the play of focus of things resolving in and out. Yeah. you know. Um, but it's like if you have that dream where you're one of those. One of those dreams that, like, I, th- I think is one of the typical ones everyone has where you're trying to run, but it's like you don't have – it's like you're running underwater or you can't yeah. get, like, the traction on the ground or whatever. And it really, really evokes that same emotion where you can feel like you're Bruce watching this happen and can't – you're a kid. You c- can't do anything about it. Even, even looking back on it as an adult, as we know he is cause since he's narrating, he yeah. can't stop this from happening no matter how many other criminals – he stops. He can't stop this crime. And uh, this this next minute is going to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> so buckle up. Hopefully we'll see if in minute three this starts looking like a normal movie. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> All right. Hit it, Jimmy. Miss Lane. Miss Lane. Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on! No, no! No! It's okay, Lois. Ila and Tuntarayan and Aqua General in. 